We've been looking forward to this for ages. David Strassman is coming back to the southwest, and he's this weekend. He is at the Bunbury Regional Entertainment Centre. Hello, David. Good day, Ian. I can't wait to come back to Bunbury. We've got, jeez, uh, three shows, and I'm not moving my lips right now. <laughs> Tell us about this. I'm not going to tell you where my hand is either. Uh, Well, as long as it's your hand and not someone else's. (laughs) Well, that could be arranged. What are you doing later? Now, listen, you can't get Chuck and Teddy off their iPhones. Are you an iPhone guy or are you an Android guy? I'm an iPhone guy. You know, uh, it was about uh, just before the iPhone came out, I I, I hated people who had Apple Apple products. I was like, (laughs) you are so high and mighty with your little Apple computers. Yeah. But at the time, I was walking around with an MP3 player in one hand, a Palm Pilot in the other, a Nokia phone in the other, and a computer, and I couldn't sync anything. And the minute I got an iPhone, suddenly everything synced, my music, my calendars, my messages. And I just went, oh, my God, this is amazing technology. And I have not looked back ever since. Are they sponsoring your tour? <laughs> nope. <laughs> they should. No, but I'm telling you right now, I'm pissed off the latest... Uh, <laughs> The latest iOS, it has slowed my phone down and really? totally glitchy. Yeah, oh, totally right. glitchy. And I think they've built in planned obsolescence, so everything kind of gets screwed up, so you, they want you to buy the next model, iPhone okay. 8 or So what have you got? you got the 7, have you? Uh, no, I'm, I've got a 6. Yeah, I'm me too. I've got, I've got a 6S. Mine seems to be going okay, but for a couple of years now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, how many... Just wait till you upgrade. So anyway, I'm doing a... A comedy show in Bunbury. <laughs> Two of the shows are sold out. Yeah, it's an amazing show because uh, the first hack, uh, the first, the first hack of the of my act, yep. my puppet. I operate them traditionally, the hand up the bum ventriloquism. Yes. Uh, I heard that, but the second act, I do a routine, a hilarious, mind blowing routine where I operate five puppets with a handheld remote control. I throw my voice through all five puppets, in a six-way, that's me and five characters, yeah. conversation for 25 minutes. It is mind-blowing. Now, I, I did see that about the show, and I thought, how on earth can you do that? Very well. <laughs> you can do it very well. No, this show is the hardest show I've ever had to rehearse. It took me a year to put together. Yep. And um, it is really, it's so much fun, too, because I hold up a very twisted, dark mirror to all of us. We're all addicted to our screens, you know, it's funny. Uh, the the smartphone has killed a few things in our in our world. That's maps, yep, calendars, small talk. Nobody talks to anybody in the Woolies queue anymore. Yeah, that's right. Everybody you know, stands every, there on their every, smartphone. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And it's funny. Science fiction films didn't predict that when you would look at a crowd scene, everybody would be looking down at something in their hand. <laughs> That's right. Now, I will say that this is an adult-themed show, as it normally is. No one under 12 years of age is going to be admitted. Children aged from 12 to 15 must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. That's right, or a stranger. Or now, a stranger. The thing about my show, it's not, it's not a Rodney Rude. It never, my show's never Rodney mm, Rude, mm, but it definitely mm. is not a Wiggle show. So, and, if it do, and it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're a woman, you're not to be accompanied by Harvey Weinstein either. Now, there are three shows on at the Breck this weekend. Two of them have sold out. So if you want to get along there, maybe get into I don't into, know which one, yeah. Yeah, give uh, the uh, Breck a bit of a call. Go to BunburyEntertainment.com. Great to have you back, mate. Take it easy. I'll see you there, Ian. And uh, make sure uh, you uh, bring your teddy bear for last time. <laughs> see you, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. 
trends, brands, advertising. Marketing man Barry Urquhart on Triple M. Yes, a very good morning, Barry. How are you, buddy? I'm exceedingly well, Ian. That's and I good. Hope you're all the same. Yes, I am, mate. Now let's have a bit of a chat about the economic recovery. You reckon? Don't get all like, too excited. Ian, there's confusing signs out there at the moment. You're reading in the media about the grass shoots, the green shoots of the economic recovery of the mining industry, and yet in the face of that there is declines uh, both in August and September of retail sales. So consumers aren't spending money. And I think that we've got to go back and understand that when there's the economics being studied, (coughs) in the past, Lecture 1, Economics 101, you were always told that fiscal and monetary policies are blunt instruments because they directly and immediately impact on consumers and their expenditure intentions. That is past history. It's a very, very different situation. Australians today have the highest debt per capita as individuals and families of any country, any families in the world, to the extent that there's a dollar ninety-eight of debt for what your earnings are at a hundred, say, at a dollar. Wow. So it, it kind of means that if there is any increase in income, increase in revenue, increase in bonuses and, uh, and commissions and that sort of thing, the first thing that's happening at the moment is people are endeavouring to lower their debt to take away the stress of uh, you know, mortgage stress. Now, let's say that uh, anyone listening to this program right now who is a post-war baby boomer buy, buying a home in the 60s and early 70s, they were expecting to pay about 18% of their income in mortgage. Well, you started to experience mortgage stress at 23%. All of a sudden, it rose to 32%. 32% is the norm today of how much mortgage is going from your income, uh, or how much of your income is going to mortgage. And mortgage stress, there are almost 40% of people who have got a mortgage paying up to 40% of their gross income Gee. on mortgage. Now, that is mortgage stress. That is mortgage stress. That's enormous, isn't it? It is, and it really is. And so consequently, uh, you know, here we are speaking on Thursday uh, after the Monday announcement that the Nobel laureate for economics is Richard Thaler from the University of uh, Chicago. He's the first behavioral economist. Now, what he says is that consumers don't act rationally. There are three corner points of his whole philosophy and why he won the Nobel Prize. People act with limited rationality, social preferences, and a lack of self-control. It's almost like a profile of that's what you need to be to be the President of the United States of America. Jeez. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, mate, thank you very much for that. As usual, very interesting. We'll catch you again next week. Looking forward to it, Ian. Today is the 15th anniversary of the Bali bombing of the Surrey nightclub. And um, Aaron at the time was 19 years of age. And he's got rather a uh, rather personal attachment to this whole disaster because uh, Aaron's father, Laurie, was actually rather severely burnt in that explosion. And, uh, yeah, it was a terrible time for you and the, and the club up there, wasn't it, mate? Black is not something that we talk about all the time. No. Yeah, so at the time, my dad was the assistant coach of the Kingsley Footy Club. Yep. Uh, they went away on a 20-person end-of-season footy trip, uh, which I'd heard about during the week. And then, yeah, I got this call on the Sunday morning after the bombing had occurred on the Saturday night. And it was at about 8.30 in the morning from one of my uncles, and he said... Uh, mate, just I'm telling you, a bomb's gone off in Bali and we can't locate your dad. And at first I thought he was taking the mickey, and he, he wasn't. So for about an hour, yeah, I had no idea that my dad was unaccounted for. Yeah. And I, I thought he, um, you know, that we would assume the worst. And 
And then, yeah, an hour or so later, Hummy called me back and told me that someone had seen him post the blast, but made a terrible time for us um, Yeah, there in 2002. It's hard not to get just a little bit emotional thinking back about it because, as I said, I thought for, you know, my dad, who I'm reasonably close with, had, um, had passed away, but um, look, seven of his mates didn't come back from that um, 20 Your father was trip. very lucky that he didn't pass oh. away because, you know, we've seen the photos of your dad in the hospital bed there, yeah. basically wrapped up like a mummy. I mean, he was very, very, very lucky. He and Phil Britton, who was the uh, club captain at the time, had to scale a wall to actually, you know, get out of what was the, you know, the, the burning Surrey club site. And dad, you know, dad's six foot one and, and made it over. Phil is of smaller dimensions and had to have five or six cracks at it and only reckons this legend ghost made it on the last attempt. So they managed to uh, get a couple of other people out at the time. But yeah, it was a, it was a real, um, it was, as you'd imagine, an emotional time for us. And, and uh, he came back a couple of days later um, on, the, on the Tuesday um, by way of the Hercules, um, went to the Northern Territory, then came back to WA. So I ended up seeing him. And, and that night, and I had to give us, well, I didn't have to, but I got up in front of the footy club and spoke in front of the parents of some of those people who had lost their sons. And that was, you know, you and I reasonably adept at talking in front of people. That is the hardest time that I've ever had to give a speech or had to speak in front of people was that night at the footy club, the Kingsley mm-hmm. Footy Club. And I broke down in tears. Everyone else broke down in tears. And, yeah, it was just a tough time and a tough thing to do. So, I mean, it's not something we talk about every day, but certainly on a day like today, I'll give Dad a buzz, yeah. How's he coping these days? Because he would have been left with a lot of uh, emotional scars after that. Yeah, and post-traumatic stress. Yeah, mm. no, there's good days and bad days, mate. Mm. You know, so I'd love to tell you that he's made a full recovery and things are just going swimmingly, but, you know, that's not necessarily the case. So, mm. um, you know, good days and bad days, as mm. I say. You know, you move onwards. And upwards, but it's um, but when you think about it, it's like it happened yesterday, isn't it? Oh, it seems like it, yeah, just to think yeah. back. So, you know, as we say, though, we um, you know, we can't let the terrorists win, you can't just stop going to Bali. So. No, you can't, yeah. no, you can't, you can't let them win at all, yes. And uh, on this 15th anniversary of that bombing in Bali for uh, you know, the victims and their families, we uh, you know, let's have a bit of a think about it for a minute and hope Cheers, it never mate. happens again. 